Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast is a Christ-centered podcast established in 2019 and hosted weekly by Pastor Chris Busher. Addressing a host of topics such as the Great Commission, Christian discipleship, and often featuring interviews with special guests who are experts in their field. The views and events expressed on this podcast and all related materials belong solely to their author and not necessarily to the author's employer, organization, committee, or other group or individual. While all attempts are made to present accurate information, some information may become outdated over time. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast makes every attempt to timely update any and all such information. Without further delay, here's another powerful episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. Once again, my name is Dallas here. Today, we have another amazing author joining us today. Her name is Carly Wiggins, and she has recently wrote a book called June's Faith, and we're here to talk a little bit about that today as well as your personal testimony. And so I'm just going to start off with giving you the floor. Go ahead and just tell us, Carly, a little bit about who you are, where you're located, and why you're you're a Christian today. Uh, well, thank you, Dallas, for having me on your show. I really appreciate it. Um, my name is Carly Wiggins, as stated, and I'm from Texas. And, um, you know, um, I haven't always been a believer. Um, I mean, I always believed in God. Like my mom was a foundation for my faith, but I always wasn't sure about what I thought about Jesus. I was like, how could he take the sins on the world, sins of the world? How could he die on the cross for my sins and take all of them? One man take it all for me, and that was just really hard to uh, conceptualize. So, because like my mom didn't raise me reading the Bible, going to church, so I was like, I definitely believe in God. I believe in heaven, but so. Part of my testimony is in high school, I had this lady that would uh, take me to school, to junior high, and she'd always talk about a prayer garden, talk about prophecy, talk about healing, and talk about miracles. And honestly, like, I wasn't used to all this talk about God, so it kind of honestly, like, it made me a little uncomfortable. But then after a while, I was like, there's got to be something to this. So long story short, she invited me to her church. And uh, I was, you know, uh, familiar with some of the works of the Spirit, but also sermons on God's love and God's acceptance, which, you know, I didn't really hear much about growing up. I mean, I did through my mom, but like not in a sermon capacity. And um, and then also um, I went to youth camp and uh, this was back in 07. And uh, Carrie Job actually led it before she was famous. And it was yeah. really cool. And, and it was just a lot of people and it was just, it was one of the most profound experiences of my life. I had an open vision of God, my first open vision. And if you're not familiar with what that is, that is basically, you're not dreaming, you're not sleeping, but you just kind of have a vision like ahead of you, like in a dreamlike state. And I was basically um, dancing with God and it was just so powerful and the Lord just says I love wow. dancing abandonedly in your love and so that just rocked my world and after that um you know uh graduated and then I started going to church and I moved to Austin and you know uh, so it was just a really really powerful time for me yeah amazing it's cool how he meets us in different ways you know for you he showed you an open vision and was putting those people in your life to speak to you about his goodness and his love. It's that's amazing. Thank you. What led you from that moment 
then to now being an author and writing about other things that glorify God? That's a great question. Um, well, I always felt like I had a Christian book in me, but um, I didn't know where to start because um, I just knew that I wanted to share the gospel and to write a book for Christians and non-believers alike. Good so book. I started with some books when I was a kid, you know, like eight years old, and you know, every eight-year-old thinks they write amazing stories, you know, and they're like, <laughs> yeah, you know, and I went to a publisher, and he, they're like, oh yeah, we won't even edit it, and we'll have it published, and, I, and then. My friends and family were like, no, 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 that's a red, that's a red flag. Like, you know, like, you know, and I just knew it wasn't the right time. And I was really upset about that. But so anyway, so June's faith was sort of an organic process for me. Um, I didn't have an outline or anything. I just kind of let it flow where I felt like it needed to flow. So if that mm -hmm. answers your question. Yeah. So with, with your story, June, June's faith. So you're talking about doubt. And I think this is something that we all deal with. You know, this is something that I even deal with today. There's so many things that are uncertain and we can be doubting the goodness of God or doubting that he's working things for our good or so many different things that we can doubt. And so why, why doubt? Why focus on doubt in your life? How did this help you? How did you overcome some, some different things like that? It's a great question. Um, I mean, I, you know, I think we're lying to ourselves if we don't say that we've always struggled with doubt from time to time in our lives, um, you know, some more than others. But um, I think, um, you know, I just think doubt to me is always like when you question God's goodness, you know, right. and there's been some experiences in my life where I'm like, Lord, why does this happen? You know, like it makes no sense. I mean, I read your word and you say you work all things out for your good. But like, this just makes absolutely no sense. And uh, an example is uh, my uh, sister's uh, best friend, you know, I mean, I'm her little sister, but uh, her, my sister's best friend died, I don't know, many years ago, tragically on her 21st birthday by a drunk driver. And uh, she just, she was just, everybody loved her. She had so much energy, so much spark, so much potential. And a lot of people are like, well, that's just a real tragedy. And I wanted to really in the I mean, so my book is not a memoir, but it has indirectly elements to my life, if that makes sense. And so I yeah. wanted to to talk about how it like through June, she goes to to people who have died, her sister and her best friend and stuff, and has heavily encountered. And I wanted to talk about how God is still with us despite our circumstances and what we yeah, consider cool. tragedy, God's still in control. And um and so that's kind of, you know, um, part of the part of the book, too. Yeah. And it is a challenge to to trust God with everything. I know we're, we're supposed to, but if we're just going to be honest with ourselves today and, and get to the heart of the issue, we deal with it, you know, right, right. We deal with it. And so we need to trust God. And so I think that your book is going to allow us some stories and testimonies of how to do that. And so... If you can tell us a few other stories that were in the book that would really inspire us today to pick up the book and buy the book and read it completely. Yes. Um, so um, I talk a lot about um, being a, a missionary because um, I mean, that's, because I kind of want to be a missionary too. I've never been on a mission trip, but I've always wanted to. And um, I'm really touched by the topic of homelessness and just the... Um, the unfortunate circumstances that are revolved around it. I mean, I've never been homeless, but I know that 
there's different circumstances and not everybody who's homeless is their fault. Sometimes basically, you know, it could be generationally born into poverty or, um, you know, or some like a medical expense, you know? And so in my story, I talk about this guy named Nicholas who June meets in Argentina, who really, they, they build a relationship and they, and they talk about it. And Nicholas basically says, you know what, I forgive the people that have passed me up on the street. You know, I forgive the people that haven't given me the time of the day. And I think forgiveness is a central part of the book as well, because I think, like I said, we're all lying. We're not trying to work on some form of forgiveness, you know, but yeah, it's, yeah. it's so vital to the, to the Christian walk, you know, so. And what do you think was the most challenging part of writing this book? You're listening to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast. We'll be right back after this quick word from our sponsors. Are you looking for a place to discuss your personal spiritual journey and connect with others who share your passion for faith? Look no further than Spiritual Aspiration. Join them as we explore the intersection of spirituality in everyday life and discover the freedom, joy, and meaning that come with surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Find more information at spiritualaspiration.com. Are you looking for a deeper understanding of education and how to help your children navigate through today's world? Look no further than Elementary Schooled, the podcast that answers your questions through interviews with professionals, educators, and parents. Host Melanie Whipple shares her passion for education and inspires listeners to strengthen our children and build a better society. Don't miss an episode. Subscribe now to Elementary Schooled on your favorite podcast app. Like I said earlier, is I didn't have an outline, mm-hmm. you know, so I kind of just had to uh, flow with it. And so I had to kind of reference the dialogue, character development, the settings, and make sure that everything kind of lined up the way it needed to. For me, um, it's weird. Like, I like structure, but sometimes I, I don't like structure. So for okay. me, I put in a box, especially in school, you know, when you have to write the thesis on the whole body and all the positive. It's been so long, but, but you know, so for me, I, um, I just kind of did it organically, but I hope that it came across organic and not scattered. And for what people have said that have read it, they said it really has resonated with them. And uh, even though it's a simple, short book, 10,000 words, what you call a novella, a fancy word for that, uh, people said that it's really simple, but still touching them in a profound way. So, Yeah. And I always ask this to people who release their first book. Are there more? Because it, it just works like this. Like you release the first book and then it just opens the floodgates and then there's more, more, and more, and more after that. So... Are you planning on writing more? Absolutely. I, of course. Um, <laughs> a good question. Always <laughs> answer. It's always the answer. <laughs> uh, I'm working on book two. Hooray, confetti. <laughs> a continuation of June and Jimmy in uh, as missionaries in Argentina. And yeah. I'm also working on book sightings at churches and bookstores and um I have a website too where you can get the newsletter and information about the, um, the, you can purchase the first book, which is on Amazon. And I'm also hoping to publish a book of poetry soon. So everybody I know has said, Carly, you've got a book of poetry in you. I've just been so nervous because I like, it's like my baby, you know, like this book means a lot to me, but that like, this is like, 
I can't explain it. Like it's just, I love my my June's Faith, but I also love my poetry book, and I'm nervous, and I don't want to mess it up. So, anyways, long story day. short, I hope to publish it soon um, after I do the June's Faith book too. So we yeah. have that in the so works. You got some things. You got some things coming. <laughs> some things yeah. to watch for. Good. And actually, I think that you have a poem to read for us today. One of your poems. Would Absolutely. you be able to do that? That would be awesome. I love to. Sure. It's called. Um, Doubt, you got to go. Doubt is such an ugly word. Why does it seem so dismal, like a dark cloud on the horizon, obscuring the sun? Doubt is such a passing word. Why does it seem so lonely, like buying a scratch off at the store, but throwing the winning money on the floor? I drink Jesus' blood in a fragile wine glass. My dirty hands slip before I can take a sip. It falls with a thud. It's time to dust off your Bible. It's time to bandage your knees. You'll be on them a lot to pray with everything you've got. Stand up a little taller like a soldier. I'm sorry for your pain, but I don't want to hear your tongue speak. Lies that spread like a forest fire in the heat. Doubt is a real mindset. So many unanswered questions. But in the end, does it really matter? I believe faith can be served on a platter. We wait for the heavenly feast as a special guest. But everyone gets a measure of faith now, now as small as a mustard seed. They will grow into beauty that the whole world would long to see. Doubt is fading fast. Let's get back on our knees and dust off our Bibles. We can handle these trials. Goodness is coming back around in a dark, sinister age, but it might be a small sphere, but eventually conquer the fear. But I know chains are coming off the bound. I see prophecy coming forth. I see healing spread. I see deliverance all over the place. I see us finally embracing true grace. So down, you got to go. You've overstayed your you overstayed your welcome. Faith is believing the best, surrendering to kingdom success. Come on, come on! That gave me chills. That's insane. Oh, thank it's you. It's so Dallas. good. It's so good, and thank it's you. so easy to visualize it as well. When you when you're saying, "I saw a picture." As well, that's so cool. Oh, thank you. That means so. A you lot. definitely thank have you. a poem book in you. The people around you are correct. You definitely need to release a poem book, 100%. Yes. And I'm going to say that that is probably the best, actually 100%, the best poem that's ever been read on the podcast as well. So you have more confetti, more confetti. Great job. Yay. Thank you. Thank you you so much. (laughs) I have a a couple other questions here that I'm just really intrigued about missions Mm -hmm. because you said that you have this heart for ministry, this heart for missions, and I'm a missionary in Brazil. And I've been here Mm -hmm. for about four years. And before I was in Brazil, I did missions in Asia. I lived in Thailand and Cambodia for some time. And so Mm -hmm. I've been doing missions for about five years now. And it has radically changed my life once I got this hunger for missions, you know? And so Mm -hmm. just tell me a little bit more about this hunger that you have inside of you for missions and why Argentina in the book? I'm curious. (laughs) Um, Well, there's no like profound reason why I picked Argentina. I just picked South America because I knew that, well, I feel like it's a place that people would not necessarily expect, you know, missionaries, but I think South America needs a lot of missionaries and stuff. And I, I just picked a big, big country over there, a big city, you know, and okay. uh, when I researched about homelessness, there's a lot of homelessness in uh, Argentina yeah. and there's a lot of uh, need over there. Um, so uh, to answer your question, um, I just always had a desire to meet new people, try new foods, 
share the gospel and um you know um just kind of uh you know spread healing to people and stuff even though i know it's god that heals and um so um it was really fun writing the part of the uh, missionary stuff even though i've never been yeah. on a mission trip it's it's just been it was just kind of interesting and then like i said earlier about the homelessness and learning more about homelessness as i was writing it and in my second book just to give everybody a little sneak peek yes it's going to be it's going to be a lot about homelessness in argentina in the second yeah. book and um and just the misconceptions and um how we can help them and June shares her testimony in front of her church crowd of and, yep. of the experience, and Nicholas too, who's in the first book, shares his experiences. So I hope wow. it really touches people because um, the thing is, is um, I have a friend who told me that you can have you can have the same situation happen to somebody with poverty. Like for instance, somebody could um, you know um, have a medical problem and then have medical expenses, but then still not be in poverty and on the streets and then somebody else could because sometimes you don't have the safety nets around them yep. you know you don't have the people and the support to help them so there's just a lot of misconceptions that i kind of want to bring to light in this second book yeah yeah and i just want to share a little story with you as well something that i've experienced whenever i did my missionary training school in hawaii which is wild right imagine telling people well, i need to raise money to do mission school in hawaii you know <laughs> it was difficult and but thankfully god god supplied all the finances and so i did my missionary school there and we did a lot of homeless ministry a lot of street ministry wow there. that's all awesome. when we went to asia we did the same thing we were going village to village house to house doing this home ministry and and street wow. ministry when i came to brazil i had the same expectation like this is ministry this is what missions is this is what you know, missionaries mm -hmm. do. And I didn't have this opportunity as much as I did preaching in churches. God was opening the doors to preach inside of churches. And I was thinking, yes. I was fighting with God. God, I want to be in the streets. I'm not doing my, my job as a missionary. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm failing as a missionary because I'm not in the streets. And God spoke to me after a few months, Dallas, follow me. The people in the church need to hear me. You know, like mm -hmm. it was so hard for me mm -hmm. to understand because they're in the church. Why Why are we reaching the people that are in the church already? But with a little bit of background of Brazil, we had the Catholicism. And so people have this idea, like, if I'm just coming to the church, if I just sit in the pew, I'm saved. But that's not, that's not the case. We know that as believers. And so our main message in Brazil has been, it's not enough to just come to church. The pastor can't save you. Coming to the church can't save you. Giving your tithe can't save you. Only There's Jesus Christ can save you. Sacrificing Amen. He sacrificed his life for you, surrendering yourself to him, you know, repenting of your sins and, and those things. And so you, you're touching. talking about Argentina and South America. Like it is, it's, it's crazy. There's so many churches in Brazil, millions of churches in Brazil, but there's millions of lost people in the church. That's what breaks my heart because they think that they're saved because they go to the church, but they're missing the whole, the whole thing. They're missing Jesus, you know, just like in your story, you need Jesus. He's the key. He's the answer. And so wow. it just really intrigues me that you picked South America because that's where my heart is. <laughs> I love South America. Well, cool. Well, can I take a little bit of what you said about um, the church kind of needing surrendering to God within the people yeah, in my please. second book? Because that was really um, that was really encouraging. Like I, I, that makes sense. I never really thought about that before. But yeah, I mean, even in America, there's people even that go America to church too. and they, and they they do their tithes, they do this, but then Jesus might say, "Hey, I never knew you." 
you know? Mm. So that's what I'm afraid shame. of for so many people. So many people. I know. Yeah. And then they like, it's just a ritualistic experience. You exactly. Know? Yep. Yeah. So, well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast. It's been a, it's been fun for me as well. And your poem, yeah. it's amazing. Where can we find some of your poems? Do you have things like this posted on your social media or your website, or do we have to wait for the book to come out, the poetry book? Uh, I have, I have a, I have a, a blog. I have two blogs, <laughs> but I can share them with you. Uh, it is um, my ink smears. So um, M I Y I N K S M E R S dot uh, blog blog space or a blog um, blog dot com. WordPress.com, sorry. And then the other one is Message and Stanza, which is M-E-S-S-A-G-E-I-N-S-T-A-N-Z-A dot WordPress or dot com. Carly, can I have you say both of those one more time? I'll cut out that first one and then I'll put the second one. What you say now for the links, for the audience. So it's that way it's it's clear. Can you say that one more time for me, please? Yes. um, My ink smears... M I, I mean, so let me start over. <laughs> Go ahead. My, my experience M Y I N K S M E A R S um, dot wordpress.com. And the second link is messageinstanza.com, which is M E S S A G E I N S T A N Z A dot com. Okay. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And you're, you're, book link as well carlawigginsauthor.com that's going to be in the description our audience can check that out and yes. anything else you want to share with us today with your time here yes um i just want everybody to be encouraged um i know these are definitely trying times but just um you know keep your head up and um i know that's you know overused a lot but it's the truth you know jesus is with us and also don't be ashamed if you have a hard day because I recommend everyone to listen to that song by Matthew West uh, called Truth Be Told. And it just talks about how we all have hard times as Christians. And, um, you know, we, we need to just kind of embrace each other during this time. And, you know, truth be told, we're broken people. So just just be honest with yourselves. And, and most importantly, be honest with God about your struggles and sometimes when I have a really hard time, it's hard for me to pray. It's hard for me to get before God, but that's really where true surrender comes in. So I hope that encouraged you guys. Yeah. Thank you so much. And also, if I can have you end our time together with a prayer, that would be excellent. Absolutely. Um, dear Lord, uh, thank you for Dallas and thank you for these viewers and these people listening. And I just pray, Father God, you would bless them, God, if any of them want to be on mission fields. I just pray you would bless them, ignite their hearts for missions, Lord, and um, and uh, for for homeless, for human sex trafficking, or any kind of thing, Lord, that you want to spark their interest in, God. Um, and I just pray for the ones that are missionaries already, you would strike them and encourage them with your love. And I pray for anybody that wants to write a Christian book, or just any kind of book, that you would encourage them and you would strengthen them and give them the tools and the wisdom from above to uh, really glorify you in this process, God. And I also just pray everybody would feel your love today. And uh, thanks again for this interview. And I just pray you bless Dallas, bless, bless his missionary work in Brazil, and uh, bless his whole ministry. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. 
Amen. You've just listened to the Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast with your host, Pastor Chris Busher. Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast was recorded live in studio with final editing made before uploading. Subscribe today to Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast on iTunes or Google Play. For more fantastic daily content, visit Pastor Chris Busher online via Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Don't miss the next episode on Faith and Family Fellowship Podcast.